Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. I'm so excited because we are actually coming again from Samsung 837 building in the heart of the meatpacking meat district, and I'm actually kind of nervous Oh my god! today I'm Don't joined be. with Jara Fosterfeld. What's up? How do you say your last name? Yeah, girl, okay. you got it. Also known as Jara Bean on Instagram. This is our first time meeting, and I'm nervous because I told you this in my DM, but I like totally fangirl over you. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited. And I was... I remember when I started this podcast, people were asking who I wanted to be my guest. And I was thinking, okay, who do I know that either is very knowledgeable on a certain topic or I just think is an awesome person, has a lot to say. And so I wrote out a list of like, okay, these would be people that I could get on season one that I know I'm friends with that I could just text. Season two, these are people that like maybe once I had it under my belt, I could reach out to them that I knew. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to do a dream list. Whoa. And you were on that oh as my God, well I'm as so one flattered. of your good friends who's going to be on it soon, Shanae. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And I was looking at my list and I was like, okay, there's only one way to get these people on. I just have to you gotta ask. ask. Like they're you never going to find girl. my podcast and be like, hey, can I be on it? <laughs> so I sent you a DM recently and I was so excited. Oh, well, so that I, I feel so flattered that I was on a dream <laughs> list. I don't were. know if I've ever been told you that before. Were. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for joining <laughs> us. So I just did give you a little heads up. Okay. But Whew. the first question, I put you really on the spot. Yep. I love it as a way to learn more about you, but really dive into conversation of your past, your current role, yeah. your future, whatever. So how would you define success? You told me this question 30 but seconds like, ago I and, I, and I had like a <laughs> like little freak out. I was like, oh my God, I need some really great answer. But I think one of the uh, this beautiful notion that comes into my mind, I once told a friend mm-hmm. how I'm really, I feel like I'm bad at being put on the spot when okay. it comes to questions, which is totally a narrative that I tell myself yeah. that is not necessarily say, true. Yeah, but it's funny how we tell ourselves these totally. things. And this is just like a nugget I want to throw in how she made me feel a lot better by saying, Jara, it's not about having this perfect answer all the time that yeah. you rehearse. It's about whatever needs to come through at that moment. 100%. So that's kind of what came to my I mind when I started to like panic. Like, yeah. I need a good answer. <laughs> um, so what I think my answer is, because it's the first thing that came to my mind, I think I define, at least in this current moment of mm-hmm. my life, success as happiness. And that sounds a little cliche no, but and it's silly. So but I, I was starting to think just sort of as you're talking in your intro just now, how a couple years ago, when I was a graphic designer and super miserable. I think that success at the time to me meant like having it all, like having Mm -hmm. a lot of money and like having this career or job that everyone is jealous of and and all these things and not necessarily thinking it of of happiness. And I think it's transitioned a little bit because now I – have so much more than I did a couple years mm-hmm. ago when I was miserable in this other stage of my life. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm like, oh, well, I'm making more money than I used to. And I have a job that maybe people might be envious of. Mm-hmm. There's still moments where I'm like down on myself yeah. and critical and not and not super happy. Yeah. So I don't think that just having things is success. It's really finding happiness in the small moments, in your I relationships, totally in the, the little things that are in day-to-day in yeah. life. So that's that's what I think of when I think of success. I love that. And I think it's so easy to tie, quote-unquote, success with fiscal means. And we talk about yeah. that a lot on here. I know in my – I love how you call it your past life because that's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> when I worked in the corporate world for six years, like that is totally my past life. And then it was all around – fiscal matters like yeah I found myself successful because I was making a lot of money but if you had asked are you ever proud of the work you're doing are you satisfied by it are you fulfilled like not a shot in hell I could do I was in sales and trading and like there were days where you know I landed an amazing client that was a big deal or I did a great trade or whatever and I'd come home and I'd think about it and I'm like I should be really happy Mm. and I should feel really proud of myself but there was none of that because I didn't love it yeah I was like okay that's cool like (laughs) Like, that's nice money's fine (laughs) yeah and now it's like the smallest things that I make no money off of yet hopefully like this podcast there aren't advertisements yet like hopefully one day obviously one it's gonna happen my business but I feel such a sense of fulfillment and success each episode I record and that to me is like what success is truly about 
And I think once you've experienced both ends of the coin, find like as you just yeah. described, finding that financial success but not any passion, and then yeah. doing something like you're doing now with your podcast, which is you love but isn't bringing money, you can, you you have the foundation to say oh, this is what's going to make me happy in this. Exactly. Isn't? You is know that, what it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah no. You've experienced both ends. So you totally. can speak to it with experience under your belt. Yeah. And when I left my job, originally I was doing a lot of meal prepping for clients where I was actually like cooking in their homes. And mm-hmm. that was, I left with no plan. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I just know I have to. And I had a life altering moment that led me to do it. Anyway, that was where the original and immediate demand was and small financial means. I wasn't making the money I was at JP Morgan by cooking for people, right. but I was making some money. And after six months, I realized, or like probably eight months, I was like, you know what? Yeah, sure, I'm making a little bit of money doing this, but I'm not thriving in my life. I'm mm-hmm. not loving it. I'm not getting excited for every Monday. Like I didn't leave a job where I didn't feel those feelings. Yeah. To do something, still not feel those feelings. Yeah. And then yeah, still not that. make any of the same money. <laughs> so it, it's been a very interesting transition. But it I want to know. for all of us. Yeah. yeah. I want to know about your transition. Oh my so goodness. you were a graphic designer. Yes. Was a graphic designer. So I grew up in New York City. Mm-hmm. Went to school out in Los Angeles at okay. USC. And I arrived at college. Had no idea what I wanted to like major real. in. I was like, my mom wanted to me, me to be creative writing, which, you know, I'm actually a really great writer. It's yeah. not a muscle I've I've flexed or exercised mm-hmm. in a while, in a, in a long, long while. But creative writing, international relations, French, communications, film. I had all these different yeah. ends of the spectrum, and I ended up becoming a fine art major. Okay. Kind of because all my friends were fine art majors, and I was like, <laughs> this is fun. It's a really why shitty not? reason to choose a major, but that's essentially why I did. Granted, I was creative and artistic and all it that stuff. Makes- or I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so I emphasized in graphic design, graduated from college and ended up working as a graphic designer for about five years. Okay. And after. were you in Boston at this point? I was in LA. I was in Boston. Okay. And then I knew you New York. lived in Boston at one yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Boston and mostly working at startups. Okay. So small companies, um, there was this one in particular in Boston where I just look back at it as sort of my nightmare, miserable, yeah. hellish chapter of my life. It was when... I was working at this job. It was a startup, and I think I was the third person at the company. So, yes, I was the graphic designer, Mm -hmm. but I was, as we all did, wearing a bajillion hats and working seven days a week. And when if I was already making – I look back, and I'm like, how did I survive on that check? I Mm -hmm. really don't understand. So I was making no money, but then if you actually added up the extra hours that I was working into the weekends, it was probably like pennies an hour. That's what (laughs) blows my mind, and I even think about that sometimes in this space. Yeah. When you think about like, okay, sure, you might make a lot of money on like a deal. Certain influencers, quote unquote, like really can make it. Yeah. But majority of people who are just starting out and are more in like the micro-influencer space, there is so much work that goes unnoticed oh my god by, like the general population yeah I think people think I know me they're like oh you just get to do take whatever a photo. you want and like you just take a photo and post it and that's it I'm like well I actually what world? have I mean I know you know this stuff yeah. but I actually made a or wrote a blog post called the anatomy of a sponsored post I love because that. I, I think it. when yeah definitely I mean you probably yeah. know most of the steps already but I think that um People, the general public, get upset with ads and sponsored ads because one, you know, we don't. Uh, yeah. Everyone, we're kind of like, oh, ads are annoying, just in general in yeah. life. <laughs> but then with Instagram, because it's such a new thing, people get even more frustrated yep. and annoyed. But I think a lot of the times it's because people just don't know what goes into it. They and just how think, do they expect all these people to make money to then provide the free content right, that they crave right. so much? People just don't, there's a, a lack of understanding because it's such yes. a new space. So I broke it down and I was like, this is what happens from the very first step to the very final step. Sometimes if it's expedited, it could take a week or two. Sometimes these campaigns so can, from the initial signing of the contract to when the post goes up, it can be months. Yeah. Um, and I've had a couple people read it and just be like, I had no idea that all of this goes on behind the scenes and I'm just glad to share that information because I want to be transparent and Mm -hmm. I think it's whether it's Instagram or I don't know a financial job like when we don't understand what goes into it we Mm -hmm. kind of gloss over the fact that there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes regardless of the job or the position yeah and I think a lot of people right now I'm noticing so I do this thing called unfiltered days it's the first of the month. Ooh, and I, I like started that. it like 
last year actually it's now been a year it was before I quit my job and when I was still at my job I or no it was right after I wasn't showing my face on my Instagram it was all food oh. even on my stories because I just didn't want to mix the two worlds I was not as involved in my Instagram it was very much like easy recipes for someone to look at I didn't want my face or name attached with it because yep. I just didn't want my clients whatever I wanted yeah, to keep them separate separation mm-hmm. so It started because I was kind of, it started in like June. I was kind of fed up with how Instagram is very much a highlight reel, which Uh it is. And I think we're doing a much better job as a community of showing it all. But I felt like everyone just thought I had quit my job and I lived this glorious life and I got to do what I wanted (laughs) and set my own alarm and my own schedule. And I'm like, I'm working 20 times harder than I've ever worked in my life (laughs) and making so much less money. And so... It started as like an unfiltered first of the month where I would show my day-to-day and talk to the camera, which was really like a first That's for new. me. That was new It was yep. totally new. And I got really good feedback and I started doing at the end of it like a Q&A where people could send in any question I promised to answer all of them. Wow. Doesn't Commitment. mean I would give an actual – like someone asked how much my wedding was. And I was yeah. like, That's information <laughs> like, I'm not going to share, but I'll answer it. <laughs> like you're not never going to know. Um, <laughs> so – I still do it. It's honestly, I just was talking about whether it's worth it or not because I don't use filters on my Instagram anyway on my stories and I'm talking to the camera all the time that now it just kind of seems like an everyday. It's just more like random videos that aren't entertaining for everyone and then it's like that stream of 20 never-ending videos when you open my story. (laughs) But the questions are so interesting because lately a lot are focused on finances and I think that's also something that's very interesting about the influencer world from an outsider's perspective is like, how do you make money? How much money do you actually make? Like, what are you paying for? What are you not paying Mm -hmm. for? And so part of me really wants to do like a very open, you know, this is what I make. Like I, I say, this like is what actual, I make money on. With actual, like, say with how much. With actual numbers, make. not like okay. per post, but like here's my ma- month roundup. This is what I made on events. This is what I made wow. on like sponsored stories. It's something I'm considering. I yeah, gotten that you're like I'm, I haven't committed yeah. to the idea yet, but but then part of me is like, why are people so intrigued? Because I think a lot of it is a comparison act. Sure, I think it's, it's like, comparison, but also because I think, our, at least for me, my yeah. life is so open. I share That's so how I much. Feel. And then I'm like, well, where do I set the boundary? Yeah, so where do you set that line? Where do you set the boundary? Yeah. I mean, at some point, a line has to be drawn. I totally Right? Agree. But I think that sometimes, perhaps, people think we give so much information that... They deserve it. Why, yeah, why not give yeah. the rest of this? And and I think that is something that I struggle with because I do share so much relationships yeah. breakups uh, anxiety mental health body mm-hmm. stuff that it's like oh well why not share financial stuff yeah. but for some reason like some you know it's like it that's closer. a boundary i totally agree me. and i've been talking with someone um who i was working on a project with and she was like you know if everyone were more open open about their finances like we'd all be in a better place which i agree with when i was at jp morgan like i had two friends who were in different desks one was a male, one was a female. And every year when we got our salaries, I was like, let's say the exact number because I need to know wow, that I'm making as much money as was, the male is. And were you? Um, so it's a little difficult because we were on different desks and his desk was much better. They were making more money for the group than my group was. Okay. But we were very comparable, basically within five-ish thousand. So yes, very close. It was just a percentage of each of our bonuses was different stock versus cash, which made sense because my group wasn't making as much money. So like I knew it wasn't a gender thing, but it's hard. Like I don't, do you have friends that you talk about? Well, it's when you brought that up, I was just about to interject and say, I think that there's a difference between like, if I was to get on Instagram and be like, this is how much money I make versus like with my peers Mm -hmm. um, speaking about it. And so to that specific point, I would say, Goodness, probably right around the time that I was just about to start working with brands and making yeah. money, I was on a trip with a gal. She's one of my best friends. And now she's one of my best mm-hmm. friends. This was the first time we yeah. were meeting. And she was a little bit further along with working with brands and sort mm-hmm. of doing the whole sponsored post thing. And we had a really honest conversation about numbers and money and what you could yeah. charge and sort of the details. Because at the time, this was so new and, and no one was talking about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it was so eye-opening for me to have someone speak so specifically about numbers and money to me within this yeah 
yeah. new space. And that was such valuable information. And to this day, we speak very openly mm-hmm. about those numbers. So I think there's a huge difference between just speaking publicly to like totally Jane agree. and John about what yeah. you're making in finances versus someone who's a peer and in your space. So to me, that's really important that your coworkers were speaking about that and it's the same thing with me speaking to someone who isn't a coworker but very much within my Comparable. space yeah. yeah I have a group of like four girls and we're very open about the same thing and we're all in different cities which is also very interesting but we're all different ranges of following oh so okay. it's very helpful of me to yeah. know like okay that could potentially be in my future or it's also helpful for them sometimes when I'm like, no, I'm charging that. Like, you should charge way more. Yeah. No, totally. I was in a similar yeah. situation, I would say, last year where all of a sudden I decided to raise my rates because I kind of looked around and looked around as if I, like, talked to a few people. Yeah. And they were all charging more than me. And I'm like, why am I not sort of defining what I'm worth like clearly I'm worth more money it was scary to raise those rates but it's important to have those conversations to know what else is happening in your um like career field or like follower field if you're in the Instagram land just to um because we're working hard and it's like you have to create your own worth and and ask for that work yeah and also the brands that don't want to pay like a lot of times it's brands that you probably aren't dying to work with. And if you're dying to work with them, like you, you can make an exception sure, and be like, I really want to work with you. Like I would lower my rate to X in hopes that one day the partnership it turns continues, exactly. all that. Yeah. And like I've done that before because not all brands are created equal. Right. But I think the openness is very interesting. It's just something I've been wondering because it's also maybe a conversation of like, why are we so curious as an outsider? Maybe that's the main question of like, you know, people asked about my family's mind. And it was just like, oh, but why really? are you curious? Like, because just like, hey, do you guys have like, questions? And someone goes, does your family have money? Yeah, it was like, huh. does your family come from a lot of money? And I honestly think she meant, I don't think it was like a... A rude thing. Yeah, just I think ju- she was curious. just like, this girl's telling me to ask anything. I also don't think people know... You know when you submit questions into the poll on Instagram? Oh, do they think? I don't think people know that they can see your name. Oh. I'm under this, like, I really have that thought. Well, I'm glad you were talking about this because the thought just popped into my mind. Have you seen those assumption videos on YouTube? Yes. I really want to do one. I've been thinking about one, too. And so that kind of, that sort of question, just po- like, yeah. does oh, your family I'm come sure for money? Oh, people would say um, something rude. But I have to say, I'm a little bit nervous oh, in I'm a way. so nervous. Because I've seen a few assumption videos, and I I'm, and not that the, it doesn't mean just because someone asks something doesn't mean they're asking in a mean or exactly. aggressive way. I don't way. think she was being rude. But I've seen a few like I've watched some of my friends and some of the things that people are assume like to me it feels kind of mean that someone yeah. would assume that. So I'm like, oh my god, if I do one of these videos, are my feelings going to be hurt? so hurt? I know, and that's the boundary of like we put ourselves out there so much. I think people don't understand how vulnerable you have to be to talk about some of these things yeah. too. I mean, my audience is way smaller than yours, but even to like the 20,000 people that follow me, like I forget, and maybe you feel the same way, but when I talk to my phone, I forget how many people are behind yes, it sometimes. Absolutely. I'm just like, oh, I don't fucking care. I look like shit. I woke up, I'm hungover. <laughs> like, here's my squatty potty. Like, I don't oh care. Oh my God, I need one of those, oh, by the way. Heavenly. Life-changing? Life-changing. You got to talk to Shanae I've when that happens. I've had it for years. <laughs> my sister bought it for me as a drunk gag gift, like two plus years ago. This is the best present I bought I've one ever for received. my parents' house. Like, it is everywhere. Yes. I <laughs> love, love that. So not sponsored, not sponsored. I wish, <laughs> but like I'll take photos, I'll take Snapchats to my family of like if I'm in an airport, like putting my suitcase where it's like <laughs> and travel squatty potty. Like I swear to God, it's life changing. That's incredible. So anyway, I feel like I forget how many people are behind the phone. I do who are just all watching. The time. Yeah, and my friend who recently started an account is like, I'm just so like I get caught up in thinking about it. I'm like, oh, you just can't think about it. You literally have to forget that that many people are watching. Just rip the bandaid off. And once you start, then you'll never go back. Yeah. No, I think that's really great advice because I think you're going to psych yourself out if you're like, X amount of people yeah. are watching me look and like an idiot. And you deleting things and <laughs> And you're someone that I really love because I think that you're, what's not genuine, genuineness. Yeah, sure. Is, we'll go with the term that. Is, you're very genuine. Thanks. Um, on your account. And... I know you talk about this on every podcast. So I wasn't even going to bring it up. I know what you're going to say. Should we talk about it? Uh, girl, I, love- I'm, I will talk about whatever you want so, to talk about. Well, I'm just using it as an example. We don't have to get into it. But <laughs> you posted a photo in a bathing suit on the beach. What was it? Like a while ago. This was a little over a year ago. Yeah. When yeah. I was in Tulum. 
about yeah. having butt pimples. Yes. And I was like, fuck yes. Why doesn't anyone talk about this? Like as an athlete and being on the beach, like my butt always breaks out in some type of rash yep. or something. Yep. And you were the first one talking about it. And then recently, I'll talk about this one, but you were talking about you were in a yoga pose. Oh my God. Yeah. I have yet to talk about this okay. on a podcast. Were, so let's would you dive want to explain in. it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, I was at this really incredible yoga event in Times Square. Mm-hmm. I, it was like it looked in so the middle cool. of Times Square. I was with Ari, the brand, and hundreds of people out with, you know, yoga mats. It's all sectioned off. So it's all organized. And I was in the front and we're like in the middle of a doing some sort of a lunge. So my foot all, all of a sudden comes up to my face and I look down and I was like, oh my God, my toe is very hairy right now. <laughs> like usually in my whole life, I've shaved my legs, shaved yeah. my toes, but I don't know. I guess I forgot. And it's something that I wouldn't say I've been self-conscious of, but I've like shaved my toe enough like so that. Like consciously to not Yeah. Like if I'm going to go get a pedicure, I'll probably shave my toe. If yeah. Like if I have a boyfriend and I don't have socks on, I'll probably shave my toe. Yeah. Um, so I looked down and it was just so interesting because it was one of the first times in my life that I felt like my toe was so public with it <laughs> being hairy because I forgot to shave it. And I was like, in my mind, I almost wanted to say, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But then I kind of quickly switched to, I really don't give a shit. And I'm in the middle of fucking Times Square. Yes, doing with yoga, my and you hairy speak, yoga toe. Which is like amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible and that's where, too. Yeah. There's so, just, you know, it's like I, I'm next to two women. One was a girl that I just met. Another was a gal that I've known for quite some time. I'm mm-hmm. like, they probably will not even notice my toe. And if they do, they, they probably, probably do the same don't thing give a or shit. don't care. Right. So, so it's like, why do we get wrapped yes. up in these things that don't? matter but I guess when we've put so much emphasis on them our entire life and then it's exposed it's sort of an interesting revealing moment of like how our minds are processing totally these insecurities and I never like talked about that for instance doing that and I never knew it was like something that everyone did or was normal until I recently was getting my legs lasered and the woman was like oh do you want want me to do your foot and toe and I was like yes is this a thing like Like, is this normal to ask for I was like absolutely oh my do my whole body while we're at it and I need to do that by the way I really I'm so I'm so bored of shaving my legs I'm like the laziest in the world come winter time I'll go a month damn girl i'm gonna support that but i well it's not bad it's just lazy and (laughs) it's funny because i had did you ever see the movie shallow how when we were younger yes but i don't remember it okay so there was this girl who and now i kind of forget the premise of whether she was actually really attractive or not that attractive and he thought she was whatever something like that. some girl had like long toes oh and her second toe was longer than her yes i remember this and i remember that Oh, I think he His friend, right? was not attractive and then he became attractive and he became really shallow or something. Yeah. And so he wouldn't date her because, because her of the toe. toe was so long. And I have like pretty like lengthy <gasps> oh. extremities and long-ish toes. Well, yeah, my hands are huge. Yeah. And I wouldn't wear flip-flops for the entire sixth grade. Oh my like, God, you All year thing. long, I wouldn't wear them because I was so embarrassed. And my oh. mom was like, why are you wearing sneakers to school every day? And it was like for cool stands. Before, like, Stan Smiths and stuff were cool. Yeah. It was like... Like, you should have probably been wearing yeah, sandals. Yeah, you should have been wearing sandals or been in gym clothes. There was not, like, the cool, trendy sneaker vibe. Yeah. And my mom was like, what is going on? And Did finally, you tell her? I was like, Mom, in this movie, Shallow How, they make fun of this girl's toes, and my toes are long. And she's like, you're wearing flip-flops to school tomorrow. Like, we are not oh. dealing with this. And I'm sure she has no recollection of it. But that's but what that's I immediately something... thought of when you posted that. No, it's, it's, it's incredible how these moments, especially around that sixth grade middle school time stick with us forever like I think it was sixth grade that this boy told me I had a mustache yeah and like that has monkey because I I shaved my arms yes I have such hairy arms too and I don't think anyone ever pointed out my hairy arms which is interesting and I shaved them that night you shaved your yeah and then my mom was like no no and so she took me to get them waxed yeah oh (laughs) so now sweet mama but but these moments stick with us forever and it can just be one comment from one stupid Mm -hmm. boy or something a mean girl or even a family member and they like they, they super glue themselves yes. to us Isn't and they wild it, it is wild it's absolutely wild and and this makes me think of even kind of more I don't whatever maybe it's more sad or or not but um I've asked this a couple times on Instagram mm-hmm. asking people what is 
the first negative thought that mm-hmm. you can remember having about your body. So I think I've done two posts about okay. these and it's, it's a kind of like really heavy. I haven't done it in a yeah. while. Um, but each time I've gotten what I think is like hundreds of comments mm-hmm. and there's quite a pattern in what people remember as the first thing. And I would say it's, n- it's actually way before middle school age. It's kind of like, between the ages of seven and 10 almost. Yeah, wow. And it always or almost always comes from someone close, usually an older either family member or like mm-hmm. you're over at your friend's house and someone's parents yeah. say something. And it's something like in a, like you're in a bathing suit and the friend's parents like is like, oh, like got a little chunky over the summer yeah, or, or like, look, look at, at those cheeks. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, pointing at your boobs or something like that. And um, it's just heartbreaking reading Mm -hmm. these things because it's a moment when you probably haven't even hit puberty yet you should still be a kid and child and not be having these body insecurities but this one comment happened from someone who shouldn't even been freaking saying anything to you because they're an adult and they should be more responsible than talking Mm -hmm. about a child's body um but that one saying that one moment that one phrase has stuck with these mostly women because that's who follow me for the most part um forever and it's just heartbreaking to think that this one moment can sort of define your view of your body so sad but so do you remember yours you know it's it's funny you ask because no one no one's ever really flipped that back (laughs) on me um goodness I I feel like I don't I'm one of I feel kind of lucky that I don't have a specific thing where someone was like blah 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 about your boobs or legs or height or whatever um something that I can remember about myself but I don't remember saying it in a negative way it was just kind of like observing Mm -hmm. I remember being really young being on an airplane with my mom and sitting how I'm sort of sitting now in like a a seat and you know when you're sitting in a seat your Your legs are are yeah they just kind of splay out yeah and I remember looking down I was probably like five or six and being like oh my thighs are really big I don't remember saying it in like oh I hate myself kind of way but just saying it yeah um and my mom kind of not freaking out but like no like why why do you think that no they're not don't say that so I I do remember that moment very specifically I'm trying to think of what mine was and this sounds yeah can you think of anything well this sounds very odd and not I think it was like almost flipped. So definitely when I was like in middle school, late middle school and early high school, I didn't get my period until I was at the end of ninth grade. Okay. So it was the last, last one. Yeah. And I had no boobs. Like, I mean, not even like marbles, you know, when Mm -hmm. they start. And a couple boys used to call me aerodynamic because they were like, your chest goes in. (gasps) And I remember now I'm like a comfortable BC. And so I remember when I first got boobs, I was like, fuck you, sucker. I was like, like, mom, I don't want to wear a bra. Like whatever. But I remember that. But then like it was such a thing. Maybe I would feel different if I never ended up getting boobs, you know. Like maybe I'd be very self-conscious if I still – had like an A or like double A, maybe mm-hmm. that would have really stuck with me, but it never did because then when I now got boobs, I was yeah. like, well, that just doesn't make sense. So no. But um, it's also true. It's like, why can't we ever? matter? I'm not why like can't we ever you to win? take down your pants and yeah. see your size. <laughs> like, are you kidding? But also too, I just hate, it's like, I'm thinking of you in, in ninth grade without boobs, but what about the poor girl? Not poor girl, but, but the like girl with, the, with who got boobs and like, I can think of a girl who was wearing a bra. Like third grade. Yeah. And, like, and yeah. Maybe I don't know, but very early. And yeah, she so this this young girl is showing signs of being more of a woman when she's young and yeah. getting made fun of because she has boobs and looked at yeah. by men. And then it's I, like, like it's so, oh, there's we, we can't, can't win, win ever. We cannot win. It's and even now at our current yeah. age, it's like you know too sexy prude. It's like oh, I mean that's a whole other conversation. There's but, n- <gasps> it's exhausting. It's so <laughs> exhausting. I would say the only other thing is I remember my both of my sisters are very tall. They're like five ten. How tall I'm, are you? five five okay um but I was always like oh like why are you so short the little runt like you're so little and so now my mind like when I critique anything about myself in like a photo or like you know when I'm with a group of girls I'm like I always feel like a little boy oh and I said that to my friend I was like I just feel like a little boy sometimes like I just feel like I like I don't (laughs) I don't care enough to dress up well like this is my nice outfit yeah very similar similar Um, and I'm like, I just feel like a little child that hasn't grown up. Hmm. And she's like, yeah, but that's what I love about you. And I was like, okay, so you agree. <laughs> um, 
but I You're recently like, no, said, I'm looking for you to yeah, say I'm that like, I'm not. Bitch, come on. <laughs> no, but I recently said by, like, someone asked what my style was. And I was like, uh, elevated tomboy. And that was, like, I the, like the coin I flipped. And I was like, you know what? This is what I'm going to go with now. Like, I, I love right? it. I, I feel the same I feel like way. Your style is very yeah, I mean, the f- I'm wearing, you know, a tank top today, but that, what you're wearing, sort of a yeah. vintage tee with jeans, that's like, if I could wear a vintage t shirt with high waisted jeans or shorts yes. and sneakers every day, which essentially I do, same. I would. I freaking love it. Same. You I hate putting sneaking? dresses on. Like, I, I, well, I recently got into dresses, but it's a totally new thing for me. And I don't know if you feel the same way. The reason I don't like dresses and why I will never wear low waisted jeans again oh. in my life, I hope they never, never come please, back. Please, please, style gods. I had on a regular, like, bikini. And I was like, why would I ever wear low-waisted bikini now that high-waisted bikinis are back? Like, it's, I feel naked and it's weird. Biz- yeah, it's not cute. And you know what? I, I look at sort of Britney Spears and her Instagram. Yes. Do you follow her? Oh, yes. yes. I mean, that's another conversation. But she is such a, the epitome of, like, what style was in, like, yes. in her early 2000s, late yeah, like 1990s. Late 90s. Yeah. And she's still wearing the little low-waist like, bikinis. and like my mind. And I'm just like, you know, I love Britney Spears and I yeah. support her doing whatever she wants to do and wearing whatever she wants to wear. But I'm like, I think that I really like the high-waisted thing. Same. I don't know if that's ever going to go away no, for me. No, <laughs> we were just at the beach, and my cousin, it was like, I have been waiting for One Pieces to be cool my entire life. I'm so happy they are. But Time like, is here. I on- honestly kind of can also get behind a high-waisted bikini, and I was wearing a low one, and I was like, yes, I, this is the last day I'm wearing this because I feel so just, like, uncomfortable. But the thing about dresses is I actually like, and the reason I like high-waisted jeans is, like, I like something – it's not like sucking me in because I don't feel that way. I just like something tight on my torso. Okay. And I have a lot of like stomach digestive issues and bloat and I just feel like co- more comfort in that. Yeah. And so Spanx makes these thongs that are just oh. high-waisted. They don't like contour my body in yep. any way. It's just like a thong, but it comes higher. It feels like you're wearing a high-waisted bathing suit. Wait. And it sounds great. I, I live want it. in them now with dresses because it gives me that comfort of like – Oh, having I see something where you're on going my body. With this. I can't yeah. even like explain it because in no means is it like a shape sucker. Right. It doesn't but it's just giving you because it's not like I like high waisted yeah, for that sensation. You sort of feel like snug. Yeah, it's like a baby snug. being yeah. swaddled. We're just babies. Yes, That's what it exactly. is. We want to be just swaddled. A baby that wants to be swaddled. <laughs> so anyway, they're amazing. Okay, I'm totally gonna. Buy I'm gonna them. send you the link. Excited. My little sister introduced me to them, and they're life changing. Can't wait. Um, yes. I can't wait to be sponsored by Spank. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to get into, I know we've talked about your past, but we didn't touch on and we don't have to dive deeply into it because I know you talk about it on a lot of podcasts, but you were a cycle instructor. I was, yes. And what sounds like an insane process. Oh, girl, crazy. So you crazy. went through this whole application and then you did the 10-week training yep. to find out that you did not get it. Correct. And then I was listening to a recent podcast of yours and I never thought about this, but you were like, I was so open about the process on yeah. my page that, yes, it really hurt to not get accepted. But then I had to tell what you had probably 60, like 70,000 70, 70, a lot of people yeah. that like about a failure. Yeah. Which is hard enough to deal with on your own, tell your close family members, but then to say to 70,000 people that were watching, like, oh, by the way, everything I've talked about on here. like For months and months. Yeah. I didn't I get didn't it. I didn't get it. <laughs> so what then flipped the switch and convinced you to try again? Because I think that's Oof. really difficult and a lot of people wouldn't have done that. I remember the month after that I got the no. So mm-hmm. I, I auditioned twice. I auditioned once, didn't get it. Auditioned a second time, got it. Got accepted into the 10-week training program. Did the whole entire 10 weeks. Gave everything that I had. Went in my for my final meeting yeah. when everyone was going in. It's like, congratulations, you're a soul cycle instructor. Yeah. Didn't get it. They told me. I, so I was one of three out of 28-ish people who didn't make it. Okay. The three people that didn't make it, me, a guy, a gal, wh- the, one of the gals, they just said, no. You, like, sorry. After 10 weeks. After 10 weeks, they're like, okay, just, up. it's a flat out no. Me and the guy, they said, it's a no, but we believe in you. We believe that you have it in you. If you want to give this another shot, you Mm -hmm. can, but you have to redo the 10 week training program. So they gave me the option. Like, so so for some people, it's just like, you cannot try this again. It's absolute hard. No. Um, so I had the option. And at first, my first reaction was like, I was in the meeting. I was crying. I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. Like whatever you think I need, I'll do it. Just because it was this desperate moment of Mm -hmm. like, holy shit, I did not expect this to happen. And I got to show them that I want this. 
the month or so after, I feel like I kind of went through all of the emotions that one goes through when you like kind of lose something. And I don't remember. Yeah. Almost grief. Um, I don't remember the order, but probably like angry, mad, Mm -hmm. sad, uh, all the other bad things yeah. <laughs> that come Every along with that. Possible. Yeah. Um, and at first I, I wanted to do it. And then I was kind of almost like, fuck you guys. Like yeah. I gave you everything and you said, no, I have something else going for me. That, that being my Instagram and mm-hmm. possibly pursuing something else in the fitness space. To me, I was like, maybe this is a sign from the universe that I need to pursue something else that is my own and my own brand mm-hmm. and my own company and own job, whatever. Which is probably how I would have taken it, if we're being honest. Yeah. Which yeah. sucks because it then gave you the eventual career as a soul, like, which sucks for me because you had right. the courage and you were able to swallow your ego sure. at that moment to go back. But I, I think either if anyone else is in that kind of situation, I think it's so situational yeah. and dependent on that person. And I think the reason I decided to go back is that I remember in the month in the month or so after walking by like doing errands and yeah. walking by Soul Cycle. Well, you can't escape them. And like yeah, well you can't escape them because there's like 18 of them in New York City, but having this like pang in mm-hmm. my heart. So it wasn't just like on the outside, I sort of felt like, fuck you. And then I'd walk by and think about it and really miss it and want it and long for yeah. it. So I was like, shit, I know that I still want this. I can feel it in my heart. I can feel it in my soul. I think I have to give this another shot. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Let me give it a shot and say yes to myself in this moment. And then if I later want to say no, sure. Mm-hmm. But better to say yes, because I feel like I want it try it out Definitely. rather than just cutting it off right now and always wondering. Cause I knew I would always wonder if I just completely pivoted and left soul cycle there yeah. alone. So how long were you an eventual instructor for? So the whole becoming an instructor took me about a year. So the two auditions, the two 10 week training programs, um, I graduated in December, 2016 okay. to become an instructor. And then I taught through April, 2018. So almost okay. a year and so a half. Wow. So that's yeah. when I was following you. Okay. And I obviously loved you back then as an instructor, but what I really loved about your journey, because I felt like I was similarly, similarly going through it just in different extremes almost, but but was your body transformation post-instructing. Yes. Because I was in a phase where I was very – I played lacrosse in college. I graduated. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do to work out other than run because it's all I knew how to do. Yeah. And I became interested in distance, quote-unquote, running, but, like, maxing out at half marathons. But, like, okay, that but is that's a distance. Lot. Yeah. Well, well, I think some people think I'm, like, doing I'm, like, marathons. I run for 10 minutes and I'm exhausted. <laughs> So I couldn't do it now, but for two years I got really into it. And like I was running nine miles on a casual weekend. Like that to me would be crazy to do now because my body just would not have it. Now I cap out at like three, four. But my body changed in such a way where I think at the time, now that I'm able to reflect, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but at the time I was definitely thinner. Like there's Mm -hmm. no question I didn't step on a scale, so I don't know weight, but I knew I was thinner, by the way, the fact that I had to get rid of half my closet, and that, like, people were constantly commenting on it, Mm. but a sick part of my mind was like, oh, I like this. Like, I'd be lying if I said I hated it then. I didn't like certain parts where, like, I did lose my boobs again, which was a personal thing where I was like, fuck, they're gone, and, like, I had no butt, whatever, (laughs) but then now in this phase of life, like, I was restrictive not only in, like, making sure I got my runs in but I was restricted in other ways of my life because okay. I loved the way I felt now that I've gained the weight back I'm like oh my gosh I feel much more like a female and yeah. I love this so much and I feel so much less restrictive and I feel like I'm enjoying life so much more but it's so interesting because what I relate to so much for you is when you post you've done like some before and after photos yeah but they're different than most because you're after the weight well yeah and I hate to say that that I mean that's maybe the way that they all should be because you feel you look healthier in the now photos you look like you're happier Mm -hmm. you seem to enjoy your life more yeah um so it's I just think it's really inspiring to see someone open up about that much because I don't think it's talked about enough like I think a lot of these hashtag transformation Tuesdays are like look at how much weight I've lost and I posted yeah, something the other my day abs yeah and thigh gap and all that like, stuff like I pulled out my summer clothes and 
none of my shorts fit over my waist. And I oh, was like, interesting. Oh, okay. I could have like a freak out right now. <laughs> like very easily be like, what happened? Or I could be like, okay, I need to buy new jeans. Which yeah. I did. Like what? It, it, there's no one telling me other than myself that I should be fitting in those old jeans. And right. I think it, it's just very eye-opening. Well, as women, our bodies are just constantly changing even if we're not going from a drastic like running nine miles and and soul cycle I think it it changes in smaller ways as well Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean it's it's crazy I I do it like maybe once a week I have like 45,000 photos on my phone and I'm constantly scrolling and looking for things and um i I find myself looking at old photos of when I was a soul cycle instructor mm-hmm. and just to put things in perspective for people, I was teaching six to seven days a week, like no time off teaching at least one to three classes a day. Like Which I had is crazy cause you're actually doing the workout. Oh you? yeah. Like for people who haven't taken soul cycle, it's one of the few workout classes where the instructor is pretty much doing yeah. the entire workout. And I was burning I, I never wore a, a watch during it, but um, probably at least 500 calories. I would I say, would say at least. Yeah, yeah. As a rider, I think you're if you're doing everything oh, okay. correctly with the amount of, of resistance mm-hmm. that you should be using, you're probably burning around that. I think as an instructor, one of my is sort of like a, a cr- blessing and a curse. I did not. I gave everything that I had mm-hmm. each class. And I say it's a blessing and a curse because I think that worked to my favor and that if you go to a class where the instructor is giving everything they have, like you're, yeah, you're there with them, you're you're in it. Yeah. Cause you want, everyone feeds off each other's energy. Mm -hmm. I say it's a curse because I did not know how to hold back and like pretend to do less and not completely kill myself every class. And then I'm sure you were so depleted. Right. So I think I was probably burning more than 500 calories a class. On top of it, I'm just someone who's always had a fast metabolism. I'm 5'9". I'm tall. Mm -hmm. I've always been on like the lean side um so I look back at old photos and even though I was doing nothing like you know no eating disorder no restricting yeah. nothing like that you I just so no my body just couldn't keep up and I'm yeah. I look at myself now and I'm almost shocked at how I looked because I was I'm just so tiny mm-hmm. and I, I don't look at myself and go, oh, I look bad. Um, it was such an important chapter of my life and I was working so hard to achieve yeah. this dream and then I did achieve it and I was uh, trying to just be the best instructor I could be and that body was just a result of my circumstance and like mm-hmm. I was really strong. I was like totally ripped. My shoulders were like chiseled and I got, had yeah. these abs and I look at back at myself and I respect that in a way mm-hmm. because I worked so hard freaking hard uh probably too hard because I was completely depleted and exhausted um however if I look at myself now I am happier I personally Mm -hmm. like how my body looks now um more than it did I do I got some boobs back I got some butt back so nice to have yeah I mean and if you don't have that that's fine but that's just personally I prefer that on me lose it yeah yeah yeah. um I think it's okay to prefer yourself a certain Mm -hmm. way um and yeah, I, I mentally speaking, I'm just happier because I'm not, God, I'm just not running myself to the ground every single yes. day. And, and and even before SoulCycle, I, I got into the whole Instagram world because of fitness. Yes, I wanted to ask. Yeah, and I was, um, even before my SoulCycle days, I looked back at those photos and I was like, damn, I got myself pretty like lean yeah. and ripped just on my own doing BBG and all of that. And um, I was much more regimented with fitness back mm-hmm. then. So now that I'm in this new stage where I'm not a soul cycle instructor and fitness doesn't dominate my life, it's just this new chapter and I and I feel happier with yeah. it now because this, it's just what I need to be doing. Like I, I fitness totally. is still important to me, but it's not controlling mm-hmm. my life like it used to. And I think that's what has taken me a little bit to accept where obviously in the beginning I was kind of like, wait, what? Like what's going on here? Like what happened? And obviously it's like the very clear answer. I stopped running. Right. Like, like, what could have happened? Like four times a week. Like, <laughs> hello, Kimmy, wake up. But in the same sense, once I accepted like why it happened or just realized, came to the like conclusion of why it happened, I was like, wait, but why, why is that frustrating me? Because I feel more comfortable right now than I did then. 
overall, right. I'm happier. And I actually was talking about this on my Instagram the other day, and I want to mention this because I did say something that offended someone. Oh, and I but hear I was this. actually really, really, res- I totally appreciate and respect the fact that she responded because okay. I always say like I'm someone who really likes constructive criticism. Oh, good for it you because I'm I am really challenged with that. I felt like it really lacked in my old job. I felt like my manager just was not as aware of what should have been going on, yeah. and I always wanted him to tell me like this is what you're doing well but this is where you can do better and this is how and why like okay. I wanted that and I felt I didn't get it and I always say on my page like if you have some type of constructive criticism please like let me know don't mm. like bash me I'm not asking right. you to get like, like say shamed. respectfully <laughs> say respectfully so I was talking on and honestly I was just so tired it was the end of the unfiltered day and I was just kind of sick of looking and talking to my camera by the end of the day and someone asked a question I forget even what the question was but I started talking about oh she was like how do you not shame yourself like how do you have body confidence and I was like honestly coming to the conclusion that I am currently living the life that I want to live okay I'm in a body that I find attractive and that I feel comfortable in and I came to the acceptance of like and this is what sparked the um, criticism. Not yeah, criticism because it wasn't an argument. We had a great conversation. Was I said something along the lines of I've come to the conclusion that a stick thin female is not what I find attractive. Okay. Which, looking back, and her message was, you know, I love the content you usually put out, and I wasn't going to say this. However, like as someone who's naturally stick thin, and it honestly is hard for me being so thin. Like I'm not confident about it. Yeah. And I try to gain weight, and I just, you know, some people just can't. And she's like, I've been very self-conscious about it. So for to hear you say you don't find it attractive mm. for my feelings, and I was like, you know what? You're totally right. I yeah, did the I opposite. Can see that. Like I body shamed technically. In a way that most people don't view body shaming because most times it's going the opposite direction. But what I was trying to say, and I want to make clear of what we're trying to say here, at least me, and I believe you too, is that it's more just coming to terms with how your body is naturally meant to be. Right. Of being like, you know, you're putting work into it. I'm eating well. I'm still exercising. I'm mentally putting effort into mental health but I'm not beating myself up over things yeah and I'm accepting of you know if I don't get to work out today that's fine if I decide to have a cheeseburger and ice cream like okay that's (laughs) a typical Saturday for me like that's fine it's the finding the balance of beating yourself up and like having the leeway of enjoying your life and just feeling comfortable in your own skin and having that confidence honestly whether you believe it or not in that moment because I think confidence takes it's like a muscle you have to strengthen it yeah and a lot of people ask me and I think this was a topic that a lot of people wanted me to cover with you because I'm sure you get it all the time but you exude confidence well like you thank do. you and I think that that <laughs> honestly almost makes people like I find females so attractive when they're like fuck yeah I look awesome like I don't really care what people think like this is who I am this is my body this is what I want to wear I don't care if I'm the same as everyone else like that to me is like the best characteristic a female could 100%. have. 100%. Yep. And I think you really show that. And I don't know if you've always felt this confident or if you have strengthened that muscle. But what would you say your biggest, I guess, piece of general advice would be for Ooh, someone with struggling confidence. with confidence? God, it's such it's such an important question. It's such a big question. I know. I think it's, it's really so loaded. different for everyone else. Totally I do want to preface it with like, I, I love that someone might think that I'm so confident all the mm-hmm. time and exude it. I think that's so wonderful. Um, I certainly don't feel that way yeah. all the time. Like even recently, I've just been so in my head, just mm-hmm. beating myself up more, less of like from a physical standpoint and more of like career and like, mm-hmm. what the fuck am I doing with my life? Which is ah! so crazy from an outsider. <laughs> and I totally get those all the time. Like those emotions. Yeah. But uh, you're someone that I look to, and I think I've said this to you over DM, is like I feel like you constantly are not only doing 10,000 things, but like (laughs) doing 10,000 things well. Thank you. Like a lot of people just shove out content to put out content, and it's kind of shitty. You, I feel like, are executing, 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 and it's always like 
good stuff. And I'm always amazed by like, thank you. She so got much. all of this done in one day. Like, oh. you know what I mean? Well, thank you so much. And I think that's just, well, I think there's a couple things here and we, we can get back to the confidence yeah. thing. But one, I think I'm always been my harshest mm, critic and like I. my own worst enemy in a way. And like, we're so hard on ourselves. And sometimes yeah. it takes that outside perspective of someone like in the situation we're in right now or a boyfriend or a friend or a parent or whatever, just being like, yo, can you take a step back yeah. for a second? Because I've had this conversation a couple times recently where people are like, I, I, I <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because oh. I forget. Oh, I remember it was my friend um, the other day. I hadn't seen her in a while. And I was like, I just feel like I'm so lazy. And she's like, Jara, can you, <laughs> can you hold on for a second? Because you just told me that you just took an Instagram break for the first time in four years because you never once have taken a day off. Yeah. So can we retract that statement? Because I don't think that someone who's lazy would take a break for the first time no. in four you years. Should just, whenever you're feeling this way, watch your stories for 24 hours and be like, look at how much I did in 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. So it, like, it just comes back, whether it's our bodies or what, whatever we're doing, yeah. we tend to be so hard on ourselves so hard so on ourselves. yeah I forget why we're like we were talking about a couple of things so now I feel like I'm I'm rambling a bit no, on this but to circle back onto the confidence thing I think something that really stuck with me so I was in therapy for a year mm-hmm. for social anxiety kind of in the I want to say 2014 range okay. and this was something my therapist said he made some sort of metaphor with chicken salad and I wish to this day that I could remember the specific metaphor but I always think of chicken salad and I'm not gonna be able to explain what the chicken salad has to to do with that's all that matters but I'll say the chicken salad metaphor but anyways the metaphor essentially said that we are all so wrapped up in our own Mm -hmm. insecurities whether it's your body or that your palms are sweaty or that you can't speak well in order to like present yourself well whatever it is that we so rarely pick up on other people's insecurity whatever's going on in their head so when it comes to confidence I don't know if I'm actively thinking about this all the time but someone else is probably so worried about how they're coming across Mm -hmm. and it's like if we just kind of let go of that a little bit and and let go of because like the other person isn't really probably Paying noticing whatever it is to you as you are yourself exactly um yeah. like something that I always worry about I get I I think I have a problem and like I have to get it checked out but I, I even when I walked in today just now I get so sweaty. hot okay. and I get so sweaty and I have these panic situations where I get sweaty in a so- social situation and mm-hmm. I'm like oh my God, this person's going to realize that I'm sweating and they're going to think I'm weird. So like, I got to run away where I've said that before. And someone's like, you look totally, you look totally fine. Normal. Like where take do you a sweat? Breath. My face. Well, oh my God. Like everywhere. My you whole know, body. You can get bo- Botox in your armpits. So I actually got this one okay, treatment, got it but it didn't work. Sorry, blasted <laughs> no, I want to, I definitely want to yeah. try that. Honestly, it's like, if I could just get my face to stop sweating, okay. I would be happy but my whole body like right now I feel like my butt's sweaty really and like my back well I'll be walking with my boyfriend and I'm like my back is dripping sweat and I'll wipe my hand and it's wet and I'm like are you sweating and he's like no and I'm like you're a guy and I'm sweaty but sometimes when you're walking in the city mine's always between my boobs like Mm. always that's the first place I sweat and I'll be fine I think when I'm walking and then I'll sit somewhere and like oh, maybe yeah. that's what happened when you came in here and also like that is probably when you're seeing people yeah like when you're done heightened. walking and then you sit down happens it's like all the time <gasps> oh my god it all just hit me yeah I don't know why that happens it's like I you're that. yeah no that happens to me all the time I'll be fine I'll be sort of warm walking and then get somewhere yeah. and then it's as I sit down or arrive somewhere yeah, I get hot like I used yeah. to work out in the morning shower rush to the office and then the second I'd get in the elevator to go to our floor it was I I needed another shower yeah like I'd walk in the elevator doors and I would try to strip off all my clothes like jacket (laughs) everything before it hit me and I get to the desk I'm like no one speaks to me for 10 minutes I need to cool down yeah oh that happens to me all the The time the worst yeah um and so I usually ask this in the beginning but I totally forgot what is your favorite characteristic about yourself Ooh. um you know, I think my sort of go-to answer is probably, and, and go-to because I truly believe yeah. in it, is probably like my goofiness and my mm-hmm. silliness. I, think, I love that. Oh, thank you. I think that um, sort of, I mean, I think 
I was about to say magic power, but I think that's like too strong of a word. No, we can call but, it that. Okay, we it can is. say magic it power. Was, it's what makes um, you you and has built your audience. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things. I think that I have this ability to kind of um, pull out the goofiness and silliness of other people. Like my mom is maybe not the most uh, goofy and silly person just mm-hmm. on her own, but put me in a room with her and yeah. we're like talking about weird things and using voices and having yeah. all these inside jokes. Same with my boyfriend. He's very witty and sarcastic mm-hmm. and funny, but I think that I'll like, I'll wake up and speak in this weird voice and be like, hello, good morning. <laughs> and he's like, and what he's the fuck? But yeah, maybe not doing so, the weird voice, but he he's, will. he's like, I'm like, are you okay with this? He's like, yeah, it's great. So I think I have an ability to sort of pull silliness out of people while being silly and goofy myself. And it's just sort of a a lightheartedness that you don't always get every day. People forget to be fun, especially at our age. They forget to have fun. You actually remind me a lot of my cousin who does a lot of these quote unquote weird, but I love them accents. (laughs) And like when I watch your stuff sometimes, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you are Kelly. But my husband is the same. He's a very weird person. And like I think he's the weirdest person I've ever met. But so funny. And he has taught me to just, A, care less about what people think. But yeah. to just, like, have fun around. He'll, like, do these songs and dances around the apartment. Oh, my God. And I, I got to meet your husband. He sounds great. on Instagram <laughs> think he's, like, such a dick because he wants no part of the camera. He doesn't have an Instagram. He doesn't get social media. He yeah. so supports me. He, he goes on Instagram.com slash Freckled Foodie every day on his computer oh to God. see what I post. But, Wait, like, so he cute. doesn't have his own Instagram, so he misses, like, stories. He just doesn't fully get it. Yeah. He listens to every episode, and, like, obviously, he's part of the reason why I'm able to do what I'm doing right Mm -hmm. now. So I support and love the shit out of him. But he doesn't really – he has more boundaries than me. So when I want to talk about anything on my story, he – doesn't really want to be on it, which I totally respect and I get. There's a lot of Insta husbands, exactly. boyfriends. So I think they all play a different role and they all have different likes and openness with it. And so he doesn't really want to be on it. And I fully acknowledge it and I've accepted it. One day he will be a guest on this podcast. But until then, I don't really show him on my story. Yeah, and sometimes he'll be in the back okay. and he's just walking around. And my sister will see me. It's like, Joe looks like such an asshole because <laughs> he just wants no part of this. And people like probably have no idea how funny Like behind the scenes what yeah. he's actually like. And yeah. I was like, you're probably so right, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like if you know him, you know that. And if you're just watching him on Instagram, he just looks like a guy in the background. People who's don't just need to know me. how much you make. Exactly. And they don't need to know every detail about your husband. Boundaries. It's all good. I agree. So I have a few quick questions okay. before we get into the last question. Ready. Just things that I like need to know about. Spicy grandpa. Oh my I was, well, I was just about to say speaking, he's my speaking favorite of voice voices. Of <laughs> I'm obsessed. Oh my god. I'm literally on a podcast like, right now. <laughs> Everyone needs to follow her dog, Spicy Grandpa. My I mean, guy friend is obsessed with it. Really? He'll DM me videos. I'm like, Zach, I love that you watch another person's Instagram. That cracks me. My friend, um, I always love, oops, I always love finding out those kinds of moments because yeah. my friend, Ramy, her boyfriend, Nate, out in LA, mm-hmm. he's like this like super fit, I've tall, tattooed her, yeah. guy. And um, he's got quite a look about him, like a little intimidating. I say that in a loving way. Um, and she told me one day, they, they have two big dogs sort of like German shepherdy yeah. type dogs and I would not think that he is into small fluffy dogs yeah and one day Ramy texted me and she's like Nate every single time he posts a spicy grandpa video like loses it and he freaked out like when uh, yeah Obsessed. <laughs> he, when when I guess he f- discovered spicy grandpa was like how did you not tell me about spicy grandpa before <laughs> my friend Zach told me about him and I followed you for much longer and I, I was like I guess that. I've seen him on your stories but I didn't know he had his own account so I love Spicy Grandpa. Thank you so much. I love um, him too. Your jewelry. Ooh. I know you get 10,000 questions on I it. Do. I, I do. I love it all. So can you just tell me what your favorite piece is? Yeah. Um, good. Well, that's going to be really hard, but I'll I'll be like mushy and cute for Necklace a moment. Necklace or ring. I love um, them all. I'll go with ring. Uh, okay. I'm, I, it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but um, I would say one of my more recent pieces that I love is this one on my left ring finger. So my married finger. I'm okay. not married or engaged. I was going to say, do people think you're engaged? I, I actually put this on and people are like, oh my God, did you get engaged? I'm like, it's just, yeah. I didn't. Um, but I was just in New Orleans with my boyfriend. It? it was the first oh, trip I that we took together. That. And it kind of looks like an engagement. Right? I know it kind of does, but it's not. Yeah. But um, we, I, I just love looking at like sort of vintage jewelry 
jewelry shops. Yeah. Kind of those ones where you walk by and there's just like all these rings Ten in the things. in the showcase yeah. thing. And it's not like a Tiffany's or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, and we just popped in and I started trying rings on. Most of them were like thousands and thousands of dollars. I was yeah. like, okay, we're not going to buy any of these. <laughs> um, but I tried this one on and he like gave us a crazy deal. I and love it so much. I just love having rings. Um, I don't know. Like I have one from Joshua Tree. I have one that are like vintage ones. I have one that I bought myself in LA for my thirtieth birthday. No, I love. So just your kind rings. of cool having getting them from I've different places. I've got like much smaller ones. I know. But I'm I noticed on, yours. Like, I you love little. In. I love those too, but I love rings. Yeah, you you got a good stack collection there. And I had I'm to recently give up one of my necklaces because it was old and oh. it smelled. I mean, it was like it so cheap, but it kind of smelled like rustic, like metal. Ooh, that would not be a smell like a No, and it was so depressing because I didn't notice it. And this is so odd, but at my sister's bachelorette party, she was like, I bet I could tell who every person was by just sniffing them. <gasps> and I was like, all right, fine, do it. Like, close your eyes, sit down. And we all went up one Wait. by one. And I was like, this is so easy. These are the 15 people in your life. Of course you should be able to do this. She was so bad. I could I, do it. Well, no, I, I feel like I would be terrible at that. What? Like, it's like your sisters, your cousins, and like your 10 best friends. I would be able to identify my boyfriend and my mom. Oh, I did. I like did her friends that I'm not even close with. Holy but shit. But I went up and she was like, I have no idea, but you smell like metal. And I was like, <gasps> what? Like, I've always prided myself on being like sanitary. Yeah. And clean. I was heartbroken. So I told Joe and then the next day he's like, you know what? I kind of smell it. And so he <gasps> took off the necklace and sniffed it. And he's like, this is it. Well, so I kind I'm of had a, a, a moment somewhat similar to that. So this is like kind of gross, but whatever. I have these ear piercings. Oh, my God. Earrings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The and I have, I have this one that's like really intense. It goes through. It's called a vertical lobe yeah. piercing. It's not something you see very often. Mm-hmm. It goes through like my lobe all the way through the skin. So it's like a half inch and it yeah. comes out through the cartilage. Kind of hard that to describe. That not smell good. It, it, and it, like I have to wash it every time in the shower. Like even though I've had it for years, it doesn't smell good. No, earrings smell so bad. So bad. I don't know why. It's I so- was actually just talking about this with my dad. Really? Because I just got a second hole this year and a third hole in this yeah. year like four months ago, three months ago. And I hadn't taken them out. And I just took it out. And, and it I was like, bad. oh, yeah. my God. It's the disgusting. scent is pungent. What is that? Well, I never had anyone comment on it before. But yeah. my boyfriend was like kissing my ear. And he was like. Something. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, move away!" Like, it's my ear. I need to wash it. Get out of here. <laughs> that is fucking good. So I get that because I was kind of embarrassed yeah. in that moment as well. No, so. I was so embarrassed. I was crying. <laughs> and what about your favorite tattoo? Ooh. And how many do you have? Do you know? The I number? think I have twenty. Wow. Okay. Which is crazy because they're all on my hands and my arms. Oh, but really? They're all relatively small. Yeah. I don't have anything. The highest up is sort of this. Inner I love that one. I was looking at that piece. one. Yeah, it was one of my first ones. Um, I mean, goodness, it's really hard to choose. But I guess I'd probably choose this um inner forearm one on my left uh arm. Um, there's an artist she just actually moved back home to Pittsburgh I think so she That's used to be in Brooklyn cool um, she does stick and poke so I have five from her that are stick and poke my friend does her own stick and poke yeah it's pretty, it's a cool thing um, and this was the largest piece she's ever done it took like five and a half hours Holy because shit. stick and poke takes longer than your normal tattoo yeah. but it's kind of got like a moon and a lotus and just sort of some ge- I was about to say geographic ge- uh, ge- <laughs> geological no wait no, ge- geomet- geometric oh, no, oh god wow brain G words <laughs> <laughs> grandma <laughs> okay cool um but yeah i think if i had to choose it's probably probably one of my favorites i really like that one a lot thank you i really like that one and then how many total piercings do you have oh goodness it's funny i actually just took out my septum but um let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven eleven ish right now wow yeah i felt like such a badass getting my second and third yeah. i was like Oh my god, I'm up to five. But like, you know watch what? out world. Getting your ears pierced fucking sucks. Like I have two that are it sort of in my hurt. lobe area and they've been like infected just over the last couple yeah. of months. It, the ear takes so long to heal. So it is kind of bad. I hadn't gotten it since I got my ears pierced when I was in like second grade. And then I really wanted a second hole. My mom and my friend's mom's agreed that if we won state cup for soccer or regionals if we yeah. won regionals we could get it cute so we won regionals and we went literally from the game to claire's so i was in seventh grade i guess 
And then I hadn't gotten anything pierced since then. Oh, damn, And the girl. other day I was waiting for brunch and I was like, you know, I kind of want more holes. And it was a 30 minute wait. There was a piercing place right next to it. Whoa. And all of a sudden I got so fucking nervous sitting there. My it's heart terrifying. was racing. And I was like, I, and all these people were getting serious tattoos next to me. And I was like, no, I'm so scared. Well, if you, want, if you want a good time of watching someone who's terrified, my IGTV nipple piercing. I was going to ask you about that because Dude. I loved how public you were and I almost threw up watching. It was I've had so many piercings so the ear ones yeah. I used to have dermals I used to have dermals in my that. um you did at one point like collarbones I used to have one in my wrist it's just did a that single hurt so much? it hurt but like compared to the nipple piercings my so the worst one is the is the smelly earring yeah. one that was for sure like the worst one because it took like 30 to seconds through. to pierce but nipples it, especially because you did two back to back no it was like a fiery, intense, stabbing Well, also, pain. all of your, after the first one, he told me about my ears. I'm assuming it's the same with your nipples. All of the, like, response, whatever. Your body response, things yeah. fly up to that spot. Oh. So that's why your second one probably hurt even more. Because all of your receptors were like, alert, oh. alert, invader. Yeah. Rush. Yeah. It, Isn't it was. Crazy how our body works? It was so. I, I would not. I don't think I would do it again if given the opportunity. Yeah, I I'm like one and like two. Yeah, not one and done. Two but and like done. One I'm like. And done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh. It was intense. Wow. Okay. And then to close it out, yes. I have to talk about food at some point. Love it. I'm ready. So, what would be the three ways to your heart through food? And it doesn't have to be like very specific. It can be as specific or generic as you want, and it's more like what makes you so happy, not your last meal. Okay. Easy first and I just got like chills thinking about it. That's how much I love I it. Love oh my god, I'm like my mouth my, my mouth is like salivating. Oh my god. So people think that I'm crazy. It's like people are like, oh, if you had to have one last meal, that kind of thing, you can yeah. kind of think of it. I kid you not, if someone told me that for the rest of my life I had to eat this for dinner every day, I'd be like, Okay, great. Easy. Fresh pasta mm-hmm. with fresh pesto i'm very specific with pesto okay. like i'll eat a lot of pesto but there's a certain kind like my dad would make or certain say, brands do you make your own not not currently just because okay. i'm like barely making food these days my mm-hmm. kitchen is the size of a map matchbox my bed's right next to my kitchen different yeah. story um but fresh pesto fresh pasta and like some pepper and parmesan Yum. on top oh my god i want that right now so that would be number one is there a favorite in new york city to get that dish no because i rather just make it okay yeah Deal. yeah but if anyone has pesto recommendations for me i'd yeah. gladly take it um, then I would probably go with some sort of a pizza, mm-hmm. just like love either pizza. I love a plain slice, mm-hmm. just original or a margarita slice. Mm-hmm. I thin don't crust? like, um, not, you know, regular, like okay. regular to thin, not super thin. Definitely not thick. Yeah. Um, but yes, pizza. And then third, I got to get a sweet in there because I got me a major Same. sweet tooth. Mine's aggressive. I mean, I, I could generally say like chocolate, but my favorite desserts are either a chocolate mousse, mm-hmm. a creme brulee, oh my God, or like a warm piece of apple pie with a vanilla Love. ice cream, like simple American. Love. The- so Love. That's my, those are my answers. I just made a very <laughs> like crisp crumble oh. situation oh, I, I must be hungry because i can just feel my I mouth i made it on what thursday and then it was so good we finished it i had the re- leftovers for breakfast on friday morning oh. and then i was like i need to make this again and so i went out and got vanilla ice cream because i knew that was what i needed and we had it saturday and like all dinner like i love food in general yes. but like i could majority of the time if you gave me the choice i would skip like lunch Honestly, sometimes dinner. Yeah. And have just three times dessert. Like, I'm thinking about dessert mm. majority of the time that we're eating dinner. It sounds similar to how my mind works. So, I was like, we had this great, like, southern boil that my dad made. And I was like, yeah, this is really good. And I would like a second <laughs> plate, probably. But, but I want, like, two plates of my crisp that is in the oven right now with ice cream. <laughs> so, I went to town on it. Oh, God. It, it so sounds delicious. so good. That sounds incredible. By the time this podcast comes out, because I just wrote the recipe, it will be on my site. So if you, I won't be making it myself, but if you would like make to make some you. and send some my Perfect. way, I will gladly accept that Perfect. delivery. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. Thank this you for having so me. Thank I feel like so I much. could talk to you for like five more hours. I know we could have, have a couple so more hours. Questions, but everyone, I will make sure to put your notes in the show notes, but go follow. Jared Bean is where you would say most of your content lives. Yes. I'm either on Instagram, Jared.Bean, oh, Jared. Twitter, Jared Bean, on YouTube, I'm Jared Bean. Yeah. yeah. So it's and either. And it all lives th- somewhere through Instagram. You can find your other channels. Yes. Yes. So precisely. Thank you so much. Thanks this for having so me. so much fun. I hope you all have a wonderful day. 
Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.